I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, season two, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Friday, which means it's time for unsportsmanlike conduct with your hosts, Adam Hill and Ed Green. Hey, everyone. Welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation. This podcast is brought to you by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and presented by Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Green and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders. Before entering into the world of news and topics we find interesting, you'll definitely want to wait for that this week. Uh, Adam is somewhere that we all want to know and enjoy. Okay, before we get to where you're at, because this is going to be complete nonsense with uh, how you are, um, Derek Carr came out, and we know about Brady and, and, and you know, the um, barbershop show and LeBron show saying, you know, uh, I can't believe they wanted to keep that uh, uh, mother bleeper over me and all of that. And people said, well, was he talking about Garoppolo? Was he talking about Carr? Derek Carr came out this week and said a source or someone had told him that Tom Brady, when he said mother bleeper, was not referring to Derek Carr. One, do you believe that? And two, what do you think about who the source would be? If it's not Tom Brady, would you believe that? Here's here's the thing about this story, Ed. Uh, I would like to talk about this for like the next 30 years. I'm so fascinated and intrigued by all of this. I love it. And I know there's other people that said, hey, it's not a story. Hey, we don't care. Um, I love it. And especially this time of year when, again, you know, the NFL is a 365-day-a-year machine. We know that. Uh, there's always going to be news. But right now, this is literally the, you know, the three-week stretch that all the players are on vacation. They're all out of town. Uh, there's no real news except for, you know, what is going on with them. So uh, this is where these kind of stories really get to pick up steam, and I love it. And so we went through last week a little bit of why everybody thinks it might be Derek Carr uh, because of all the, the clues that Tom Brady laid out. But you're right. Who is this source? Yes, that's the only I, thing that matters. And and by the way, who knows besides Tom Brady who who he was talking about? Now, maybe, you know, was there somebody on the set of that show, uh, of The Shop, which, again, I love that show. I think everybody should watch it every week. But um, was there somebody on the set where they followed up with Brady and asked him, who were you talking about? And then he went to Derek Carr. Did, did Tom Brady himself call Derek Carr? Like, how did this get back to Derek Carr? I would love to know, like... I. I have no reason to, to dispute Derek Carr's claim that somebody told him, but who told him? What was their agenda? And more importantly, okay, they told you it wasn't you. Why didn't they tell you who it was? Did they tell yeah. you who it was? Do you know? We want to know. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know if it was Brady or not. It might have been David or Darren Carr for all we know. Um, Maybe Darren. Uh, But, okay, he's on the set with, correct me if I'm wrong, it was him Draymond Green and Chelsea Handler, which would have been a great trifecta to listen to anyway. It, it, it sure. come off points of that way. You're right. Maybe they said cut, the lights went off, and either Chelsea or Draymond or both said, hey, who are you talking about? And then it, it, got, it got out there. I don't know if Brady would say. He, that's a pretty casual setting, and, it, you know, Draymond's a pro athlete, and Chelsea Handler's really, you know, famous, so he probably goes, okay, they get it in terms of secrecy. I bet he would have told them. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Now, we also have to point out that one of the other things he said was, that 90% of what he tells the media is made up and lies. Uh, that's, what, that's what Tom Brady said about himself. Um, so that's, you know, important to, I guess, keep in mind. Uh, but you also left out a couple of people. 
uh, Mav Carter was on the set. He's uh, okay. you know, he's okay. uh, the guy who runs the whole operation for LeBron. Uh, right. And also, also Kid Cudi, who I don't think you're a fan of. I don't know that you're familiar with him. Uh, very, very, very talented uh, musical guest and uh, one of one of my personal favorites. Who's um, really chosen to explore uh, a lot of different sides of his musical talents, which uh, we can get into on another day. Uh, if you really start to get into Kid Cudi, we can talk about him. Uh, but he was on set too, so. Maybe it's Kid Cudi that threw it out there. Maybe it's Draymond Green. Maybe Draymond and Carr have a relationship back to Oakland. I, I don't know. I, I And again, if you're out there saying, hey, I don't care. This is not news. Remember what time of year this is just before we start training camp. Uh, so anything's going to be news in the NFL. And like, I, I love this kind of drama. This is why I love the NBA. I love the NBA offseason because these things happen in the NBA. I love it much more than I do the regular season. And I think these things are fun. I, I enjoy these storylines, but I really need to know a lot more about who told Derek Carr, why they told Derek Carr, um, and and really more importantly, who is who is Brady talking about that? I'm disappointed in you. You know I've got young kids. You didn't think I knew about Man on the Moon, Intergalactic, uh, and all of the stuff that Kid Cudi does. Well, who am I kidding? I'm lying to you. I'm on Google right now on Wikipedia. I have no idea who this person is. Of course you are. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea who this person is, but he seems to be very famous. Uh, he seems to have done a lot in his uh, 37 years. Uh, let me see. Okay. So he's been on television too. How to make it in America. I never saw that comedy. Bang, bang Westworld. Is that like a lawyer movie or lawyer TV show? I don't believe and we, so. And we are who we are. All right. Well, uh, more, I don't more, know. more poignantly, Ed, um, one of the few, uh, I, I was going to say a hip hop artist, but he's not really categorized as anything. He's really explored like a lot of different genres of music. Uh, but one of the very few artists that is incredibly open about, you know, mental health and anxieties that he's dealt with. And he's, he's performed uh, songs about it. He's, he's definitely been open uh, about some of those, some of those issues. So um, more than just a musical artist, but also uh, just really, really talented. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some Kid Cudi tracks. You could, uh, you could check out. There's some really, uh, some really solid hits, but also some, some deep cuts that are solid. Well, I think it's Drake. Uh, no, no. Kid Cudi is very distinctive. Well, I mean, good for him. Now, now again, does, let me ask you this. Did Brady know who he was when he sat down? Or did he say, hey, who's this? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I, I, here, here's what I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that Tom Brady looked at him and didn't know who it was. Right. But somebody said, that's Kid Cudi. And then he's like, oh, okay, I know who Kid Cudi, I know who Kid Cudi is. Really? Yeah. Okay, well... Uh, I know he appeared on two songs in 2012 from Chip DeRappa, Tell Your Friends, and Ride For You. So uh, I'm going through the uh, – it's a long Wikipedia page for this kid. He's done a lot in his life at 37 years. My God, I, 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 there's no way most people at 37 has been, have been this accomplished as this guy. No, he's really, really talented. He's really good. Uh, I'll, uh, it's better to listen to his songs than to read his Wikipedia page, Ed. So we'll, uh, we can do that afterwards. Uh, sold 22 million uh, records, so good for him. Um, well, listen, uh, I agree with you. I think to know if Carr is either the uh, mother bleeper or not, we need to know who Carr talked to if you told me it was Brady. But again, I, I don't know their relationship. Um, and, and I did find it a little amusing when at one point I think Carr said, hey, if he didn't, if you know, if it wasn't me, I'm good with him. I don't know if Brady cares if anyone's good with him. It's Tom Brady. I don't think he cares about that stuff. He's got seven rings. He's kind of above everyone. But if it's not Brady, I'm still not going to completely say he wasn't talking about Carr. Maybe he was when he maybe he wasn't. But if it's not Tom Brady saying that, 
it's not 100% in my mind. So I'm going to, first of all, believe that Derek Carr did have a source. I, I believe somebody reached out to him and said, hey, it's not you. So we'll, we'll start that right away because I've seen some other people say, I don't think he, I don't think anybody was a source. I think he had a source. I think somebody told him. Um, my, my guess, just reading the, the tea leaves a little bit, is that Tom Brady reached out to him and said, hey, I see a lot of speculation. Don't worry. It's not you. But that means nothing if he didn't follow up with who it is. Like, so I, don't know know you? I don't know if he, I don't even know if he'd tell Carr who it was. I don't think he would, but that's I, what I I'm saying. Would he follow up easy. and say, no, it wasn't you, it's was Trubisky? No, he, but see, Trubisky's kind of out because he said he went out and crushed that team in the season. So like that, that's that's true. what led everybody to believe that it was, that it was the Raiders and that it was Carr. But again, what I'm saying is that it's easy. If, if I, if I say something about you and, you know, somebody relays it to you, and I call you up like, no, 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 I wasn't talking about you. That doesn't mean anything unless I say, no, who I was really talking about was you know, Larry, our, you know, our producer here. Like, it doesn't mean anything to just say I wasn't talking about you. That's an easy cop out if you don't follow up with what the right answer is. And guess who you're talking about me behind my back? <laughs> I mean, anybody. I was just using an example. Uh, well, again, I and I agree with, look, I never thought it was Trubisky because at, at some point, Tom Brady would have had to consider the Bears. And why in the hell would he have done that in the first place? So I never even thought he would have. I can't believe he would have ever gotten to the point of considering the Bears. But in, then again, as we're talking, he got apparently got deep into consideration of this team, which led to the comment. I can't believe you're keeping that bleeping, you know, that, that mother bleeper. So there's no way he got that deep into the Chicago Bears that he would want to go there, that he would even care about Mitch Trubisky. No, and the 49ers one was kind of eliminated because he said, you know, I didn't want to go there anyway. And, you know, it, it was by all indications, seemed like San Francisco maybe was his top choice. Um, it's weird. It, it, this is why it's, it's so fascinating because it's Tom Brady. He doesn't really say these things often when he does. Um, it's going to be news. And this one is just going to carry on because he's never going to say who it was. So we could speculate this about this forever, and I would love to. Believe me, this is my favorite subject um, for the moment. Uh, it'll be something different in twenty minutes, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I, like I love this topic. I think it's amazing. But it's going to be one of those stories that I think that lives forever in lore, and everybody has their own guess of who it is. And by the way, like I, I say, I, th- I think I said here, I thought after the first clip that it was clearly Garoppolo. Uh, but when they released the full context and everything that Brady said. It's tough to think that it's anybody but Carr. Yeah, finally on this, why why does Carr keep talking about Devonte Adams on everything? Well, they're they're good friends. I don't know. He continues to call him his best friend. I don't know if they're if they're best friends. Um, I don't even know what that categorization means. Like uh, people tend to have a lot of best. I don't friends even know what that means. I don't know. I don't either. Uh, but he keeps saying they're best friends, and so we'll you know we'll take his word for that. They are close. They go back to college together. They still hang out. They still you know, have been seen with each other's charity events and that sort of thing. So I think they are very close and I think they would like to play together. I just, um, you know, until one of them is available, uh, it just really doesn't mean a whole lot. I think Raiders fans would be very excited to have Devontae Adams join Carr in Las Vegas. Um, you know, I think Adams would be thrilled to have Carr wherever he goes if he's not playing with Aaron Rodgers anymore. But um, it's all, again, another thing that's very fun and is, you know, able to be a conversation this time of year because there's nothing else going on. Uh, but you know, one of the neither one of them is really available right now. So what does it matter? I'm Jeff Garman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review Journal. I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up: The Fight for Las Vegas. 
You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, Season 2, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right, uh, enough of that. Um, you were, <laughs> you're in Sacramento as we speak. A little, little feedback there from the Marriott property. I know you're there trying to get the points. Uh, yesterday, our, our esteemed producer, I think Larry, uh, believed I was going to Sacramento. It doesn't really matter who he believed because he, he, he texted both of us, you know, have a great time in Sacramento. Probably the first time anyone's ever said that. No offense to Sacramento, but come on. Um, take us through why... In an important week like this week, because you are our expert in MMA and Conor McGregor is fighting, why in the world you would be leaving town at this moment? Well, you know, people do have families, Ed. So that's, uh, that's the <laughs> first thing. Um, I have, uh, you know, my, my family up here in the Bay Area that I'm very, very close with and got even more close with being, you know, up here for covering the Raiders for a couple of years. I uh, got to hang out with them quite a bit. Um, it's three sisters that are my cousins. Uh, one of them, got married the day that Conor McGregor fought Khabib Nurmagomedov in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. Everybody remembers the brawl that happened after. Uh, my cousin decided to get married on that day. Obviously, the wedding was scheduled long before the fight was. Um, I thought, okay, I'm not going to be able to attend this wedding. I actually did find a way uh, to get up there. So the day of Conor Khabib, did the weigh-ins on Friday, flew up here to the Bay Area on, uh, on Saturday, attended the wedding, ended around 1 o'clock, then got on a plane and made it just in time for the fights on Saturday. Uh, this year, the wedding schedule, actually the wedding was scheduled for last summer, canceled because of COVID, uh, moved to, uh, this is Thursday we're talking, got moved to Friday. Uh, again, a Conor McGregor fight gets scheduled in Las Vegas the same week of the wedding. Uh, so I'm uh, supposed to be, you know, uh, there was a whole thing about I was going to be in the wedding, but I'm not because I didn't know if I was going to make it. It's a whole thing. But I'm very, very close with this family, and I wanted to make sure I made it. So got a lot of the work done on the fight, and then uh, I'm doing the rest of it remotely from up here in Sacramento, where I'm sitting right now actually uh, in the park that is uh, at the the uh, state house here in Sacramento. Lovely Sacramento. I'm a big fan of this town. Probably hotter than hell up there. It really is, man, which is crazy because you would think in Vegas it'd be hotter, but it, it feels hotter here. Uh, th- these people have no idea, obviously, to send out invitations. They have no idea what people uh, – infer from what they say they say it's oh. a casual wedding He's talking to my wife casual wedding am i wearing flip-flops am i wearing a button-down am i wearing shorts or am i wearing slacks well, what the hell is casual wedding? if someone sent me that i might not show up just for the fear of i'm going to be wearing the completely wrong thing and i'm gonna look like an idiot so you know I, I was saying this to you now ideally and i think you might be the same way i know you uh you, you dress up occasionally You're, you like to to uh you know throw the leather jacket on and things like that <laughs> i uh, knew you were the leather jacket <laughs> But I think you're similar to me. Like, listen, if I had my way, I would wear basketball shorts, a T-shirt, and flip-flops and a hat to every single thing I ever did. Yeah. Yes, we can't do that, though. Every day of my life, that's what I would do. Now, I have to put on jeans to go to work and shoes and a shirt. Um, you know, usually not a T-shirt. Sometimes I get to rock one. That's fine. But, like, I, I will wear the bare minimum required to whatever in terms of, you know, if you can dress down, I'm dressing down. It's fine. Now, if I if if re- something requires a suit, okay, I'm getting a suit. Now, what I don't like is vagary. 
Yes. Because listen, you tell me, and, and that's what happened here. It's a casual wedding. But does that mean jeans or does that, I mean, I don't know. Or, or is that just not a suit? Do you go like sport coat over like a nice, nice shirt? Like, what do you do if it says casual? There, please somebody tell me because there's no set rule. You buried the lead here because I, what are these people broke? No inside wedding? Who in the world does a wedding on July 9th or 10th in the outdoors in Sacramento? Have they ever been to Sacramento? It's like an oven at the, up at that place. It Why is. are they deciding anything? I'm going to I'm gonna tell you also, uh, it's not a cost thing. <laughs> cost is not an issue with this, with this part of the family. I hopefully, hopefully you're in the will. Get some uh, cash. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out later, I think. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you wear. Well, don't wear jeans. Gee, oh, my God, up in Sacramento. But then I'm, again, if you, didn't, if you didn't bring a pair of slacks, you're, you're kind of dead in the water because there's no way you can wear shorts. I brought slacks. Yeah, you're right, though. Like, I, Okay. Clearly, it's going to be like 107. Oh, you, should be probably, you should probably wear like, you know, khaki shorts. Right. That should right. be what you do. But the, I don't think that's acceptable for a wedding. You should be able to wear what most – of those who play golf in the summer in Vegas wear some nice shorts, collared shirt, like, you know, one of those those little athletic socks and some tennis shoes. And that sure. was, collared shirt with some shorts and athletic socks would be perfect. I don't think you can wear shorts to a wedding. I mean, they do in Hawaii. <laughs> this is not Hawaii. And it's also a very classy affair, even though it's casual. This, this is my problem. So I'm like, when you, when you invite people, just say, this is what you wear. Now, I will say, my aunt who, uh, again, very close with. It's the mother of the bride. She knew that I was mad about this and angry because, yes, I am flipping out. I'm not just pretending to be mad. I'm, I'm like, can somebody just tell me what to wear? Just, like, point me to something online, like a picture, like a Pinterest. Give me something. Say, wear this. And they said, slacks in a collared, you know, button-down shirt. Okay. Okay, I guess. But then I'm like, Am I going to do that? And then I show up and everybody's in sport coats. And I'm like, why am I an idiot wearing a not a ah, sport coat? The only one with a coat on would probably be the groom and, and the people in the wedding party. I can't believe anyone else is wearing a coat. People, I don't, if people haven't been to Sacramento in the summer, it's, it's brutal. There's no way you can put a coat on. I'm also going to be very upset if some people, somebody is wearing shorts. Oh, sure. Because then you could have. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I'd be mad at that. I wouldn't, but, wear, I wouldn't wear a coat, though. I wouldn't wear a coat. I just, I mean, my whole goal of like a group setting like this is don't be the worst dressed. I'm fine no. with being second worst. You 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 and I are blend in guys. I don't want to talk to people. You know, I don't like people. I just sit in the back and you know I clap for them when they come down the aisle and stuff and give them a high five or something. But I don't I, I don't want to be any center of attention to anybody. So First we're, we're, we're hold on, wait a minute. Uh if you're giving a high five to the bride and groom on the way down <laughs> the aisle, you're the center of attention. What are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll just give a hug. Bro I'm, hug. I can give a bro hug. Hey, good job. I'm sit in the back corner as far away from the aisle as possible, guy. Don't like I'm barely there. If if my whole goal at a wedding or something like this is for weeks and months from now, people to be like, wait, was Adam there? Like I don't even was he there? I don't remember him being there. Like that's perfect for me. That's what yeah, I want. You're I saying not, you're saying that's want what you want. Yeah. Yeah, you're saying you're saying that's what you want, and then you're standing up and giving high fives. Yeah. I just don't want to be in pictures. I, I don't like all that nonsense. What'd you do? Are, are you a gift? Re- There's no chance you're a gift registry guy. I, I I don't know what you're getting them. Obviously, they don't need money because they're loaded. So, uh, what did you do about the gift? And please tell me you remembered that you needed to bring a gift. Well, first of all, 
uh, I will say the the couple that's getting married not loaded. The family is. So it's different. It's different. Um, I will. Uh, so I'm I'm a cash person for weddings or money of some sort. I mean, worse than that. I I don't know why somebody will just not turn off their alarm. Um, worse than than cash though, like. I will be somebody that will just go there and be like, hey, I'm just going to Venmo you some money. Is that bad? Venmo? Yeah. Yeah, how impersonal is that? What are you talking what are you, about? You, you, you're, interrupting the, you're interrupting the first dance. Hey, Jimmy, I got to go, but what's your Venmo? I know you're dancing here, but let me give you some cash. That is the most impersonal thing I've ever Venmo. Put it in a nice car. I feel like it's the way to Come go. On. It's you gotta, okay. You got to put it in a nice car. No, you can put it in a nice car. You, you go up, you hand it to him, you give him a little bro hug, and then he slips it in his pocket there, like his his breast pocket there, you know, the envelope, because you can't put it with all the other presents. It's going to get lost if it's just an envelope. Don't do that. But, you know, go up to him when they're not dancing and say, hey, I, I got something for you, a little something for you, and give him the card. How many envelopes are they going to have in their pocket now? Like 30? Uh, it's, what, it's not a bar mitzvah or, or, or a first a communion or something like that. It's not some kid up there getting a bunch of money, like, you know, the, the something like that and from the church. It's just a wedding. A wedding, by the way, that's outside in 150 degrees. So I'm not asking, I'm not, I don't not think these people are very traditional. I would just walk up and, you know, slap them on the back, maybe give them a high five and give them the money. By the way, they're not listening to this. How much money are you giving them? That's the other question. Now, and here's, here's another small detail, Ed. They got married last year. What are you talking about? So the, the wedding was supposed to be in 2020. It was shut down because of COVID, but they got married. Is this a redo? No, they, they didn't have a ceremony. They just, you know, got married and said they'll have a wedding uh, later. So they've been married for a year. So they've been married. They've got the they've got the like certificate and everything. They they're they're married. Yeah, I, I'm dropping it down to like a Starbucks card then. They don't need they don't need cash. They're married. Well, first of all, you keep saying cash. Are you supposed to go cash or like a check? Because that's no. why, that's why I go who, Venmo. Who has- who in the world has checks anymore? Exactly. That's why I go Venmo. Like, if you handed cash, then they got to keep track of it. They got to hold on to it. Everybody's going to be drinking. They might lose it. You Venmo it. They got it right in their account. It's very easy. I just think it's so impersonal. I'm going to guess. Let me guess uh, how much you'd give. How close are you to these people? Very. For if if I mean if, as close as you know you can be with cousins. Okay. Very, very close. You're a pretty generous guy um, with your money. You're not. You're not. Uh, not really uh, closed off in your money. I'm going to say you drop them five bills. No way. No chance. How close are you to them? You said you're very close. Very close. What do you consider a fair gift? First of all, I had to travel to the wedding. I don't even, I still don't know what to wear. So I'm, I've got that dilemma. So I'm already upset about that. But you have to travel. You, you got to drop the gift down when you got to travel. Ah, you got to go. You can't go less than two bills. Oh, that's, that's where I'm at. Okay. All right. Well, I still think it's light, but. Uh, for no someone your chance, I, I think it's light. Um, They've also been married a year already. Yeah, but you said you say they don't have very much, and you know, I mean, it's uh, they're waiting around, you know, for the parents or whoever to like kick the bucket. So okay. the, the will, they're not, the will fix it. they're not poor. They both have very good jobs and live live in the Sacramento area. It's, but if you give them five bills, like you'd be the hero. Like they talk about you, you'd be epic. You'd be like legendary. Like God, oh, you should have seen what Adam did for us. You know that guy came through for us a lot. I mean, you'd be. Like history, they'd be talking about you fifty years from now. Uh, that's a lot. And plus, now you're now you're setting the standard. You're going to do it for every wedding. 
No, only people you're really close to. If you're not close to the person, you wouldn't be giving anyone five hundred dollars. Then they start talking. And like, yeah. Now you're getting invited to other people's weddings. That's, reputation. You get the good reputation. That's a reputation I don't want because now you're getting invited to more weddings and now you're dropping more money. That that is true. You if you gave them five hundred, you'd go to these family reunions and everyone would go out to dinner and like look at you and give you the wink like you're picking up the tab. Sure. Yeah, not it's not happening. And like their friends are going to be there. Like, hey, you were really fun at the wedding. We want you to come to our wedding too. Like, no, you want the five bills? It's not happening. And then I got another. Then what do I wear to that wedding? Uh, I I can't do that. Well, I I feel for you, but uh, two bills is fine. I I guess. Hold on, let me stop you again. So you you went from saying you like to not be noticed to now you're high fiving in the aisles and you're dropping gifts to make yourself memorable. Well, I didn't like I said last week about the funeral. I wanted who was there. I'm not saying I don't want to be memorable. In the moment, I don't want to be noticed. I'd rather be noticed when I'm dead, so then they can look back and say all the nice things about me and pack the church with a standing ovation. But in the moment, I don't want to be in pictures or really noticed. But if you give five bills, you know you're you're, you're you know you're revered and you're thought of as someone very you're very respectful. I want that. I want to be respected. I just don't want to be known or like talk to people. So your five bills is basically just buying a nice eulogy. Yes. Yes. Okay. My five bills is people line up when the priest says, "Would anyone else like to say anything about Ed?" That the line goes right down the aisle. That's what I, I want more than anything. I want every. You know who I want to be? I want to be public comment at the syntax meetings for the stadium. Like when they say public comment, and I look up, I said, oh, my God, I'm be here two more hours because there's 50 people in line to say they don't want money going to the stadium. That's what I want my my funeral to be. 50 to 60, 70 people lining up and everyone saying something nice about me. And that way I'm not there. I don't have to look at people or be bothered by it. So we've gone from you don't want to be noticed to now you're just soaking in glory wherever you can. That, that, you know, we've really come a long way. Yeah, but I'd be dead. No, but you're also, you also want to be remembered for the gift at the wedding. So that would be right away. I want to be respected and liked. and. Uh, all that, but I don't want to have to work for it. I don't. I don't want to have to like have to do something for it to happen. Like to to really be out in front of people, talking to people, and like having to you know really be the center of attention. But I want as I walk into the room to say, "Hey, look at that guy. That guy's a generous guy. Drop five bills on us." That's what I want more than anything. Yes, you do want to be center of attention. You want to be center of attention for good reasons, not bad reasons. I get that. Uh, but I truly do just want to blend in. I'm blend in guy. That's what I want. That's what you said you were, but you clearly are not. We'll have to get your report next week. Next week, I also want to talk to you about, um, and I want you to think about this over the next week. Have you ever watched the show Alone? Watch a show or the show? No, the show Alone. No. Okay. So next week, it's basically they put a bunch of people in the middle of Antarctica in the jungle, and you have to you have to eat, find your food. You, you know, kill bears. Oh, I'm, uh, already, you know. I'm already out. Okay. Well, hold on. And if you if you last the longest, you win. One show it was a million dollars and five hundred thousand. A lot of money if you if you're the last one standing. I'm going to have a, your homework assignment is next week to learn more about the show, but then to tell me who at the Review Journal would last the longest in these conditions. I'm talking like eating slugs, trying to fish, killing bears, like skinning them, like eating their drinking their blood, all that kind of stuff for a million dollars. Like who? We'll talk about it next week. I'd really like to know your thoughts on who you think of the review journal would last the longest. Okay. I know I'm lasting the shortest. Uh, so I've got that one settled. I've got, I've got no prayer at this. Do you get to use your phone? Does your phone work? If you pick up the phone, you're calling in to tap out. You're an MMA guy. If you pick oh. up the phone, you're tapping out. And they come in one of those uh, uh, lake planes that can go in the water and they pick you up. Yeah, I wouldn't last. I'd last. last I'm, I'm thinking I'd last less than an hour. Well, 
I just watched one where some kid lasted like three or four hours and he was with, he's a tandem team with his brother and you should have seen the disappointment and anger when they told the brothers on the other side of the island Jimmy already tapped out I'll ask you more about it next week best of luck to you drop some more money in that pond and uh, uh, have a good time I hope you dress correctly I hope you dress well I'm sure I will not that's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation. This podcast has been brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal, presented by Blue Wire. Remember now, there are new episodes of the Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. You can support this show by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and can find all our coverage at VegasNation.com. For Adam, Larry, I'm Ed. We will talk to you next week, and we'll find out who could survive the jungle. I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. In partnership with the Mob Museum, I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, a true story about money. And so it was their piggy bank. They had the ability to get loans for whoever they wanted to get loans for. Crime. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. And the battle to control the strip. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. We were very angry and very upset, and we knew we had been double-crossed. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, Season 2, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Pro Group Management. Additional sponsorship provided by El Cortez and the Golden Steer.